how you do astronomy at the highest energies at which it's possible to do astronomy. This is the highest energy radiation I'm talking about. Um, so I think the first thing to think about is why we might care uh, and what sort of things we might be able to study. Um, uh, and the point here is that we're looking at energetic processes that are so intense, uh, energies that are so large, that you can't achieve them just by heating stuff up. A lot of astronomy, even relatively high energy astronomy, is about looking at hot stuff that's glowing. You, you know, sort of, if you make it hot enough, it'll glow in x-rays. You make it really hot, it might glow in, you know, sort of high energy x-rays. But to get the really high energy gamma rays, you've actually got to physically accelerate particles. You've got to find a system that is behaving like like the LHC, that is generating systematically large populations of particles at huge energies. This, for instance, is an optical uh, picture of M87 Virgo A. It's an active galaxy. Uh, this dot here uh, is a central engine. There's, a, we think, a black hole uh, with matter accreting into it. And a massive jet uh, is about uh, 1.5 kiloparsecs, uh, 1.5 thousand parsecs, 5,000 light years long. A uh, huge amount of energy is being pumped out in a very small space. Um, now, I don't know about you, but that's interesting to me. That's really rather exciting. We want to know more about what's happening there in the very centre. We're going to have to study it at the highest energies. Uh, so, there's another bit of evidence for um, high energy processes, acceleration going on in the universe, uh, which we can measure closer to home. That's the cosmic rays. Um, back in 1912, a strange and eccentric German called Victor Hess went up in a balloon to demonstrate that the radiation we could demonstrate at the Earth's surface was coming from radioactive materials in the Earth and found out that as he got higher, instead of the radiation going down, as that theory suggested, uh, it actually started going up again, uh, which meant that it was coming from space. So there are energetic particles that are actually going through you and me and everybody uh, that are coming from outer space. But we don't know, and we still don't know more than 100 years later, exactly where those particles are being accelerated. And that's another motivation for trying to study the highest energy radiation, because that might give us a clue as to where that's coming from. So, how do we study the sites of this extreme acceleration? It's worth talking a bit about radiation, therefore. So what is high energy radiation and why should we care? So let's start off by looking at uh, the electromagnetic spectrum as envisaged as a piano keyboard. Uh, piano, of course, generates another form of radiation, uh, sound. Uh, it has a wavelength, it has energy, it has frequency, in exactly the same way as light and x-rays and radio. If we map onto a piano keyboard, radio in the sort of low notes, microwaves, infrared, optical, ultraviolet, x-rays and gamma rays. There's about seven octaves uh, from the bottom to the top uh, of a piano. Each octave corresponds to a doubling of the frequency. So to get to the kind of energies we're interested in, the sort of energies uh, that are generated in the Large Hadron Collider, uh, uh, one um, tera electron volt, 1,000 trillion uh, electron volts, which is 1,000 trillion times more energetic than roughly the ultraviolet, uh, we would need to add 
another 40 pianos on the end of here. Uh, so that's you know, a totally different ball game to anything you're seeing on that slide. So how do we detect such high-energy radiation? Well, a lot of the time, you sit a telescope in the right uh, energy range, it will be able to detect radiation coming through the atmosphere. That works very well in the optical, which is handy, which is why we can see during the day. Uh, it actually also works well for quite a range of wavelengths uh, in the radio. In the gamma rays, and just to confuse matters, uh, this uh, uh, slide that I stole from the internet puts the high energy on the left-hand side rather than the right. Um, the gamma rays don't get through at all, uh, and it rather lazily says, best observed from space. Uh, so we use satellite. No. If we put up a satellite, it'll have a sensitive area of more one square meter, maybe as much as 10 if we're lucky, uh, with Fermi. That would mean for the kind of radiation we're looking at, we'd have, have get about four photons a year. You won't get that funded. So we've got to think of something else. Uh, happily, there's some interesting physics, well, it's interesting to me, uh, happening in the atmosphere at these energies, which is our salvation, something called extensive air showers. So the energy of a very high-energy photon is sufficient for it to convert into an electron-positron pair if it gets close enough to an atmospheric molecule. Electrons and positrons thus produced can generate further gamma rays through a, a mechanism we call Bremsstrahlung, uh, but they basically when they go past another molecule, they generate a, a gamma ray. And the gamma ray they generate is in itself uh, energetic enough to produce more electrons and positrons. And this goes on and on. Uh, oh, that's not as clear as I'd like it to be. So we've got a gamma ray coming in, splits into electron and positron, and electron generates another gamma ray and carries on in its own way, and the positron produces another gamma ray. So we start off with a gamma ray, and now we've got two gamma rays, and an electron and a positron. The gamma rays produce more electrons and positrons, the electrons and positrons produce more gamma rays. Simulate the whole thing, and it builds up into a whole uh, shower of energetic particles. How's that help? Well, light, traveling uh, through a transparent medium, moves slower than it does in vacuum. Physical objects can't go faster than the speed of light in a vacuum. Uh, this is something that's you know, generally well known, uh, something that Einstein you know, sort of uh, wrote about. But they can go faster than the local speed of light in the medium, which is slower than the speed of light in the vacuum. Charged particles with sufficient energy can travel faster than the local speed of light. And if they do, they emit radiation, known as Cherenkov radiation. So how does that help? Well, we've got our air shower here, and a lot of the electrons and positrons that have been generated are moving faster than the speed of light in air. You start off with enormous energy in a single photon. This energy is gradually shared amongst larger numbers of uh, particles. But to begin with, all those particles are still above the threshold for generating uh, Cherenkov radiation. And what we get is a cone of light which can hit the ground, and by the time it does, because it's, it's about 10 kilometers up up here, uh, it produces a pool of light about 100 meters across. And we can detect it. Stick a telescope anywhere 
in this circle here and we can pick up this original photon. That means that we've now got an effective area equal to the size of this light pole. So instead of the 1 or 10 meters squared on our satellite, we've got something like 10,000 square meters of effective area. This actually works better from the ground, which has the other advantage of also being cheaper. So uh, how do we then actually make this work in practice? Uh, to get good signal to noise, we uh, put a number of telescopes in an array. We image the light and, and the next one, as the shower develops, looking at it from different directions allows us to reconstruct it and reconstruct where the original photon came from and also what energy it was uh, so we can get things like spectra as well as good energy resolution. So it can be done. It's currently being done uh, to an experiment in uh, Namibia. Um, collaboration between uh, German institutions, French institutions, British institutions uh, called the High Energy Stereoscopic System or HESS. We do love our acronyms in astronomy. Uh, named of course for Victor Hess. And the next step in the uh, process uh, is something called the Cherenkov Telescope Array which is basically to scale up this thing this is going to be a huge experiment. It's going to need uh, the collaboration of pretty much all the high-energy astronomers in the world. Uh, but the potential for telling us about particle acceleration out in space is enormous. Anyway, thank you very much. <laughs>